Welcome to the CRE Shark Eye Show, where we discuss commercial real estate. This is your host, Ishai Breslauer. Here we meet every Monday to talk commercial real estate and prop tech. We will dive deep into the different asset classes, discuss the market, talk about the new and exciting technologies, meet key people in the industry, and get some inspiration. Let's begin. Hey guys, before we start, I just want to point out the six best secrets for commercial real estate. It's a free download. Go to the text side and you will find it. It has absolutely great information, completely free, how to become a landlord, how to determine the value of a property, or creative financing for commercial real estate. All of it is completely free. Go download it. Also, I want to point out my CRE crash course. It's a two-week must-have program with a must-have skills for commercial real estate, like investment strategies, the must-have financial terms, how a deal is done. Go take a look at it, go to the text side, and click on the link. And now, let's continue with our program. Hey guys, how are you? This is Ishai Breslauer, your host of the CRE Shark Eye Show. You know, I try to bring you all kind of tastes when it comes to commercial real estate or prop tech or anything. Today, we have a bit of a different taste, and I want to hear all about it. We have with us Luciani Serifovic, and she's a prime, prime broker and, uh, and a real estate person, and she deals on a high luxury level. And uh, I saw her profile and wanted to hear all about it. Luciani, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I can already picture what this conversation is going to be all about because you are dealing with the most interesting clients and uh, we want to hear all about it. So, you know what, before I go on and on about it, if you could give us like a two-minute elevated pitch about what your business is about and then we'll start digging in. Go ahead. Absolutely. So uh, my name is Luciani Serifovic and you said it right. Thank you so much. I own the first virtual luxury real estate company utilizing blockchain and accepting cryptocurrency. We've been in business for about three years. And what really sets us apart is that we specialize in representing high net worth individuals, sports and entertainment clients. So was that 20 seconds? I think so. <laughs> it was, it was uh, two minutes usually, but, but it's fine. Uh, first of all, we are pretty much in a very, very similar business. We're gonna talk later. But it's very, very interesting. Um, so we'll have to dissect it piece by piece. But let's go, you know, before we even start, let's go to the, uh, let's take the time machine back in time a little bit and let's let's hear your story. How you got into real estate? How you got into this business? How you grew into such a prominent business? Tell us. Thank you. Thank you. I've been very blessed. I, um, I was born and raised in Brazil. I came here when I was 18 years old and um, I had $200 that my parents gave me and I didn't know how to speak a word of English, but um, I came straight off the boat to Astoria, Queens. And, you know, I'm very grateful. That's where, where it all began. How old were you? Um, I was 18. 18. Okay. So um, at, at that time, I really didn't know what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be, but I knew that I was living in a country where opportunities were endless. And so I had all kinds of jobs until I kind of was trying to figure out what was it that was going to help me be successful faster. 
And two of the jobs I had, one of them, I was working a boutique clothing store. And this woman came in and she'll buy all the new merchandise. And I asked my manager, I said, you know, what, what is it that this woman does for a living that she has all this money to buy all the new clothes? And he said she was a real estate agent. So then um, a friend of mine, he was 18 and he bought a brand new car and a house. And I said to myself, here I am making like minimum wage. This guy's buying cars and houses. Now, how is that possible? So I asked him, you know, what is it that you do for a living? And he said he was a real estate agent. So I said, that's it. Uh, so I got my real estate license about two years later. And um, the rest is history. I started in Manhattan in, um, in the Gramercy Park area with a boutique real estate company and then grew from agent to assistant manager, then to senior managing director, executive vice president. And uh, the last position that I worked for someone, I was the director of international sales. And um, that was kind of the job of my dreams, traveling the world in private jets and meeting CEOs of luxury real estate companies, building alliance partnerships. Uh, but unfortunately, that company went out of business. So when that happened, I had a chance to really make a decision of what I wanted to do. At first, I thought, okay, let me go ahead and work for somebody else because I'm very good at what I do. So I had about 40 people that wanted to hire me. I met them all. And there were three things that were very important to me. And those three things were a very luxurious brand. Two was tech savvy and a company that had technology to be able to innovate. And the third is I wanted a, a leader that I looked up to that I felt that I can learn from. And after 40 interviews, I felt like none of them had what I was looking for. And because I've always been very devoted and driven, every company I worked for, I always put that before my family. My career and my job was always the most important thing in my life. You know, if I had to do differently, maybe I would have had a little bit more work-life balance, but, you know, I was just very driven. And um, I said to myself, you know what, if I'm going to give my heart and soul into something, because I always do, why don't I do that for myself? And it was really scary because I knew nothing about being a business owner. I knew how to run wonderful real estate offices. I was a top producing manager, the top 20% in the country for NRT, which is owned, is the same brand that owns Corcoran, Sotheby's, Coldwell Banker, Century 21. And I was very successful running offices, but owning a business was different. But I said, you know what? I don't want to be in a, in a rocking chair regretting for the rest of my life that I never tried. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made. So three years ago, I launched this company and I wanted to be different. And I realized that a lot of the real estate companies are still very antiquated. And um, the other thing also is I realized that people want to, you know, go to Zillow or Realtor and find listings on their own. But when you're a high net worth individual, you don't have time and you need someone who's really going to be dedicated, devoted, passionate, and that you can trust and you can rely on to deliver results. And, um, and because I was always very driven, I felt, you know what, that's the caliber of people that I know I can deliver on my promise. And those people, they're never going to, you know, go and put a for sale by owner on Zillow. They don't have time. They value service. And, uh, and I said, I wanted a business that's sustainable. And how can I create a business that's sustainable? The two, top two expenses for a company is the real estate, right? Having the office space. And second is staff. So I completely eliminated the real estate 
And, you know, I still have to have an office location. It's just Department of State requirements. Uh, but if I didn't have to have one, I wouldn't. But it's essentially an office to just have meetings. It's not like you're going to a typical office. They have little desks and agents have desks. That's just old news. You know, well, the, the company that went out of business, they had 450 agents, 10 offices, millions of dollars in rent. Every day I walk into the office and it was empty. It was me and the flies, you know? <laughs> so I said, why is all of this money being wasted? But people are very stuck in their old ways. And I wanted to be the innovation of the new way of real estate brokerage, especially on the, on the luxury side. Was that before COVID or post-COVID? That was before? It was, it was exactly one year before wow. COVID, so March 2019. So you basically saw an edge in the remote opportunity and you went for it. That, that's amazing. I think this is great. Uh, so every, every time I, I would tell someone I have a virtual luxury real estate company, they looked at me like I had three heads. They're like, what is a virtual real estate company? And um, I had to explain every time. And believe it or not, COVID was the best thing that happened for my business because a lot of agents didn't know how to operate. They don't know how to use technology. Sellers were desperate to sell their homes and you know everyone was stuck in their home. And I was able to help sellers that couldn't sell with the agents that didn't have experience with technology. Okay, so now I want to get... Uh, into the depth of what the business is, okay? So first of all, you told us, you told me uh, right before we started the podcast, you told me that you have three locations today, one in Manhattan, one in, uh, uh, what was it? One in Brooklyn, I think it was? Uh, so it's Manhattan, Manhattan in Long Island and one in New Jersey. New Jersey, Livingston. right. You told me New yeah. Jersey. Where, which, where in New Jersey, by the way? Livingston. Livingston, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. All high-end, beautiful places, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so do you have an office in those locations or these are also virtual locations? So the one in Manhattan are virtual locations, but it's still an office that you can go to and utilize. So it's, it's a very flexible office. So if I need an office for three days, I use it for three days. If, oh, I, need it for, I, mean, if I need it for three months or that's if fine. I want to have a conference room, that's, that's the one in Manhattan. The one in Livingston, it's a, it's a physical office with um with desk with a couple of desks but primarily conference rooms um uh, that one it's a uh, true true there's there's no one else coming and going to the office location and uh, the one in manhasset it's also a flexible uh, office that you can come and go and here's the thing i i have this office i still pay rent in all three but um i have used maybe three times in one year the offices Makes sense. I pride my, yeah, I pride myself on the fact that I help clients save time. And 90% of your search could be done virtually. And once they have kind of narrowed down to exactly what they look for, then they can see it in person. But I've sold multiple properties to clients and never stepped foot into the property. Okay, so now if you could walk us through like you told us the two minute elevator pitch, very short and very nice, but now, let's now dissect it. Let's now see what the inside of the business is exactly. Like uh, how, how you guys do business, what type of properties, the locations, the, the clients, the method, the business, like tell us a little bit about the ins and outs of it. Before we get into the blockchain, et cetera, which is a whole different topic, which we're going to get into. But first let's deal with the brokerage part of it. 
Yes, honestly, nobody cares about blockchain and uh, cryptocurrency. 99% of people don't care that it's a blockchain platform. Um, you know, but people there that are in the tech space and then may have built a lot of wealth with cryptocurrency, they may want to make payments through crypto, but it's so minimum. It has, I thought it was going to be the next biggest thing, but nobody cares. What they truly care about is really having a remarkable experience. And that's really who we are. So I think the best comparison to understand who we are as a brand is we are, you know, the cream of the crop, elite of the elite. We are the, you know, four seasons, Brits Colton of real estate. So when we primarily when we get a very high net worth individual that's looking to purchase or to sell, we just help them with real estate as the first step, right? That's where we start the relationship. But then it, it doesn't stop there. It's actually when it, where it begins. We have clients that need to buy a car because they're relocating and they're just coming from Canada to the U.S. So we help them buy cars. Um, I've, had, I've had clients that wanted to sell their yacht. We help them identify and, and help sell their yacht, identify a buyer. Um, if a client wants to get their working visa, we help clients get their work visa to be able to live and work um, in the US legally. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. There isn't something that we are not willing to do to make our clients happy. And it's a different mindset, right? Because most people, they're very transactional. They just want to help get the sale done, get the commission and move on. We go above and beyond for that. You know, I have uh, I have a listing that I've helped the client completely renovate the kitchen before we put on the market. Uh, staging, you know, everything, everything. And I think that's what is different is because when you're dealing with ultra high net worth individuals, they expect more. And with our firm, we provide more resources. So uh, an example, um, I've helped multiple athletes and celebrities, and they have a team of people. So we come along with the team, and we'll help them from start to finish. So an example was a baseball player for, for the Mets, another baseball player for the Yankees. They're relocating. He's training, doesn't have time to look at properties. I deal with the team, the wife, the business manager, show them properties virtually and help them with everything. The only thing they have to do is show up with the luggage. And, uh, you know, and there, I don't know one real estate company that does what we do. And, um, you know, so that's kind of the essence and the uniqueness of the brand. And virtual makes it all easier because I was doing virtual with these athletes already anyways. Uh, so this was kind of helping the average person that may not be a celebrity, but it's a high net worth individual who's busy and want to see properties without actually being there first. But you know what? It sounds to me like it's a full key, uh, turnkey uh, concierge service for the high ultra net worth individuals. And, and here's the question. In order to do that, it sounds to me, at least from here, you know, from listening to this whole story, that you need pretty much of a support staff in order to get this done. Can you tell us a little bit about the staff that you've built around you and the type of services and how you use them and how you manage them, et cetera, et cetera, especially in this setting that you have, which is uh, offices and all kinds of places that are remote for the for the most part, and you have different locations, and then you have this, you know, very special service, and you have 
so much management uh, under there. So tell us yeah, about absolutely. that. Absolutely. So listen, I I knew that if I'm going to help somebody buy a private jet, that I cannot be a private jet expert and also a luxury real estate expert. So what I did is I identified the best, most successful and knowledgeable, trusted service provider for each field. And we created an alliance partnership. So an example, I had a client that wanted to sell his private jet. I have a partner that he will look in the sky and he knows how many miles the tank of gas uh, on a, a fuel for that jet will take, um, how much it costs, and he can have already a pool of buyers to buy to, to sell the jet. And someone that I trust and we work together. So that's how you do it. You find the best in the field for each market. And um, the same thing with the yachts, the same thing with the cars. And we work together and, you know, and I'm kind of the conduit to get that done. I have um, two personal assistants that helps me and a team of 10 real estate agents. So, um, so that's how we operate right now. And we're still growing a growing company. We, you know, we're just three years in the business and we also don't work with massive amounts of people. When you work with ultra high net worth, you don't need to have hundreds and hundreds of transactions. You do a, you know, it's more quality over quantity. You know something, Luciani, I'm listening to all this and it's so exciting, but there's a big question here. Where meaning once you started your own firm, and today it sounds like you're hopping and popping and all that, but the big question is, how do you get to those clients? It's because you dealt with them then, it's because you built a Rolodex, it's because meaning today, okay, you have them, but in the very beginning, in order to get to those type of guys, especially athletes and celebrities which there are like 5 million gatekeepers. You have to like <laughs> break into the door and get, get it, you know, from the window and have a connection with the assistant. And you name, you know better than anyone else. Give us the secret sauce. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question because what I always say is the number one reason why anyone, real estate, of course, but I think any business, why they fail is they don't know how to generate leads. And if every single person knows how to generate leads, you know, everyone will be successful. And that's always the secret sauce. I've been in the business for now 20 years. And when I started my company, I had zero clients. I had over the years connected with people and every event I went to, I saved their contacts. So essentially for 15 years, I was a machine of saving contacts, although I wasn't using them, right? So every event I went to, I'll meet people and I'll save. I made sure that I had the first name, last name, email, and phone number. And I was very organized. I'm a Virgo. I don't know if that means anything, but we're perfectionists. And, um, and I did that for 15 years because I, I don't know why. I just knew one day I may need it. And um, so I've been saving those contacts for 15 years. Did I do a good job? Absolutely not, because I wasn't an agent. So people wouldn't come to me to sell their home because they knew I wasn't the one doing it. But what I did do was build my personal brand. And I had a friend of mine. She was, an, she was uh, I, I think, a marketing director at Apple. 
And then she also worked with me at Douglas Elliman because that's one of the firms I worked at. And she said to me, maybe like 10 years ago or eight years ago, I'm not 100% sure. But she said to me, she said, Luciani, who do you want to be? And I said, what do you mean? I'm already who I want to be. She said, really? She said, you want to, at the time I was a director of rentals. She said, really? Is that what you want? And I said, well, let me think about it. I said, I don't, I don't know, maybe not. I said, I think I want to be the CEO of Douglas Elliman, or maybe I want to be a CEO of my own company. She said, that's interesting. So she was, by the way, she was very young. I think she was 22, but she's brilliant. She's still one of my best friends today. And she said, you know what? She said, um, if you want to be a CEO, what are you doing to build your brand to be a CEO? I said, what do you mean by that? She said, well, you have to build your personal brand. I said, what's building a personal brand? She said, well, look at all the other women that are at the level you are now. She said, who do you look up to? I said, oh, Barbara Corcoran, um, you know, my boss, Daddy Herman, who I loved working with. And um, she said, look at them, you know. And she said, look at also Sheryl Sandberg, the COO of, of Facebook. And they all had something extremely similar. They all had a personal brand. They had their own voice. They had their own website. They had their own logo. Um, and they were uh, thought leaders. And um, so I started to build my brand then. I hired a PR firm. I hired a copywriter, photographer. Beautiful. And I started building my brand at that time when I was still an employee, just in case if one day I wanted to be a CEO. What a beautiful and, story. Thank you. Yeah, so it's been long coming and I built my brand. I built the, the you know my reputation and I am very blessed to be very creative. And I, I think one of my superpowers are I have a critical eye and I can improve things, but I also um, have great ideas to be different. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically I started building and I have, I just had a sales meeting with my team and I told them I have, I have four different versions of who I am as a person. And I have Luciani 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, I'm version 4.0 right now, you know, and each person had its unique branding. And now I have my unique brand as, you know, this powerhouse celebrity broker that owns a luxury real estate company. But that helped me. And then once I launched, I, I am very consistent with advertising, marketing and networking. And I think networking has been the biggest piece that has helped me um, get to the celebrities. It was people, once they know you have a mission and you have a purpose, they will help you. And that's what I did. I would tell people I'm the CEO and founder of a virtual luxury real estate company, helping celebrities, sports entertainment clients. So um, people started introducing me to other people. And then I started going to galas, red carpet events, and building those relationships. It has not been easy. There's still millions of people out there that could still become my client. Um, but it started with one. And then I helped one athlete, one baseball player, for the Mets. And then he referred me to multiple um, players because he was so impressed with the service that I provided. And I think that's how it begins with most people. But when I did it, I was so passionate about it because I said, I know that your goal is to win in the field. I know how important it is for you to train. I want to take everything else out of your plate, you know, and I did it with so much passion 
that people they they want to do business with people that are passionate and they, they want to do yeah they really do and you know it's what's beautiful they were my first clients and they went to their anniversary to a winery him and his wife and while there they sent me two of their favorite bottle of wine i mean that's to show you like nobody goes to their anniversary winery and remember their broker you know but if you are passionate and you do an excellent job for people, then you start getting referrals after referrals. And most of my business now is referrals and social media. Wow. Beautiful development. And I want to now, I want to shift gears a little bit. We, when we started the conversation here, the first thing you said was blockchain. Okay. Let's touch that a little bit because, uh, I'm uh, obviously uh, part of what I talk about is obviously commercial real estate for the most part, less of the residential part, but the luxurious part was very intriguing to me. Uh, but I'm definitely very involved in prop tech. And, um, and I want to hear everything that got you into the blockchain scene. Okay. Whether it's crypto or the base of blockchain, which is the tech of blockchain and how is it related to the properties that you basically sell for people who want to live in for the most part, meaning those type of properties are not properties for investment for the most part. These are not an ROI or return on equity per se types of investments. You don't look at the IRR. You don't look at all these things that you look at commercial yeah. real estate. You want to have them because you want to live in them and have a great life. That's why people have them. So what is the deal with the blockchain end? And tell us all about it. The reason why I wanted to get in, involved with blockchain was because I knew it's the future. So I wanted to be in early to understand it. But the main reason was really to protect people, right? Because when I found out that when you put things to the blockchain platform, you're essentially, you know, it's encrypted and there's no way for people to, to steal things and to... Um, you know, to break through what typically happens if somebody's using email, as an example. And I felt if I'm going to represent high net worth individuals, what is the safest way um, and software that will be able to protect them? And that was the main reason why I wanted to start. And because it was also, honestly, the biggest buzzword at the time, and that would help me with the branding. <laughs> um, but the the crypto also bitcoin was the only one that was really popping um back then and i wanted to and i, I had a, a very good friend of mine who made about 43 million dollars in bitcoin and i wanted to give him a solution to be able to buy with his bitcoin and not have to transfer it back to cash so i had a, identified a developer that was willing to buy the uh, sell the property with uh cryptocurrency and he had uh, Bitcoins, you know, $43 million worth. Uh, and he bought a house uh, for about a million dollars. He ended up not buying the apartment as an investment. But that's how we all began. Unfortunately, uh, there's not enough interest. Uh, and also in Manhattan, there's about 25 people involved in a real estate transaction. It's a lot different than commercial. There's so many moving parts. And... Lawyers are their biggest piece um, that has not allowed blockchain and uh, to evolve in the real estate brokerage industry and the real estate industry uh, residential primarily, because lawyers have they're very transactional based. 
They have a lot of transactions. They don't want to learn something new. And, um, and they have been the biggest barrier to get people to adapt and use these type of platforms that are going to make the entire experience faster and easier and better. Um, does that answer your question? It does in a way, but here, here's the thing. I want to focus a little bit. So I want to go back to the security aspect of blockchain, which I'm very familiar with. But um, is there any specific br- uh, company? I understand they use the brand. It's also a buzzword. That's, I agree with that. That's the future with 100%. But is there a company that you use or you own when it comes to the blockchain security part of things? I understand yeah. crypto. Crypto is, is the transaction. Yes, absolutely. So I was the first real estate brokerage in New York City that uh, a partner up with Proppy. That's the software that uh, was encrypted that has blockchain and, and, the, um, and the component of accepting crypto payments. I, I wasn't going to build something from scratch right. because one thing that I learned, because I know a lot of people in the tech space is sometimes you're better off um, getting something off shelf as opposed to building something from scratch. So I identified the only and best solution at the time to uh, to to uh, partner up and have the transactions through the platform. I got it. And the security level, I'm assuming this is something because it's still evolving. This is that technology. It's still evolving, and you know, a lot of a lot of lawyers don't want to use it. They just feel like I don't know it. I don't understand it. When people hear the word blockchain, they get scared because they don't know enough about it. Right. That's true. That's true. They think it's. Well, cool. listen. The same thing was. Think of, yeah, but think about DocuSign. Right when it first came out. Everyone was afraid of it. They felt uncomfortable. Is this legal? And look, everyone is using DocuSign. It takes time for adoption. And um, I think it will evolve with time. It's a market education process. I agree with that. Um, Tell us a little bit about, let's go to to something fun, to talk about something uh, a bit fun. And tell us a little bit about, you know, the type of most luxurious homes that you have brokered and and their story and their you know the whole mm-hmm. mo- like the ins and outs of it as much as you can obviously there's yeah. discretion we oh, yes of course i'll share the one that i could because that one he uh, didn't care and he wanted to leverage his name so i just sold the penthouse for the former ceo of hbo uh it was a property on east 12th street it was a four floors penthouse and um, that apartment was on the market with another brokerage for two years. And they couldn't sell it. And, um, and part of the reason why it wasn't sold was, you know, a lot could have been done better, but also the apartment needed a lot of work. And when you, it was 6,500 square feet, so it was bigger than a townhouse. And um, because of COVID and the, the prices of materials and the lack of materials being available, everyone was extremely afraid of uh, getting into renovation. So um, I was showing it and the apartment was so large that people would get lost in it and they got confused. And a confused mind doesn't buy. And let me tell you, the, the former CEO of HBO said to me, he said, Luciani, you have, re- you, you have run a few marathons in this apartment <laughs> because it takes like it would take at least an hour to show, you know. How and much foot there was what? How much square foot was the 6, apartment? 6,500. Wow. 
6,500 plus 1,500 outdoor. There were two terraces. So long story short. Of course you get lost. Of course. Obviously. So he bought the sixth floor, the seventh floor, built the eighth floor, and there was a rooftop terrace. Um, but everyone was afraid. They just felt like this is so much renovation because everything was outdated. He built it in the 80s, <clears throat> but it was a spectacular place. And I was in love with it. And I think, you know, you need to fall in love with what you're selling because you need to sell. And um, so long story short, I realized that people just got confused. And the owner had two deeds to this property. So the sixth floor was one deed and the seventh floor was another deed. So we creatively decided to sell it separately. So we now are listing the apartment separately and that was the magic trick. I mean, the moment that we split it and now it was 4,800 square feet instead of 65, they no longer had to look at the sixth floor. And um, we had multiple offers. There's one gentleman in particular that had submitted the highest offer and he wasn't 100% sold. But I saw it in his eyes. He was a tech, he was a, someone in the tech space. He owns tech firm and they, they, they essentially built technology to sell. And, uh, but I saw it in his eyes that he appreciated the uniqueness of it. And he had a big family. There's nothing out there with this much square foot that he can, one of the bedrooms was so large, he can make it into two, even three. And, um, and I basically, he said, no, he didn't want it. And I, I followed up with him at least five times and I convinced him to buy. So, um, for you, amazing. yeah, one of the things he said, he, he sent me a message. He said, when we closed, he said, you know, the reason why I bought this apartment was your salesmanship. It was because I convinced him, you know, but sometimes you kind of, you kind of, you see that they want it, but they need a little push, you know? And I basically explained to him that apartment was extremely undervalued for what it is because of how unique it is. But it, because it needed work, you know, he can probably sell it for double later, you know, but he would have to go through the process of not renovating. And the other thing is I also prepared myself by identifying other homes that sold for a lot higher and other penthouses that sold for a lot higher that were renovated. And I would highlight, look, this is priced right. And we priced right. There's also the magic of pricing something and not overpricing it um, because people are not stupid. You know, they know what something's worth. And there are times that I may get a professional appraiser to have a backup to what the apartment is worth. 100 percent. Luciani, listen, I'm enjoying this conversation. <clears throat> Sorry. Oh, my God. It's already 1040. Yeah, wow. I'm enjoying this conversation very much. And I just want to focus on one thing because you have to go to Connecticut, you said, and I don't want to yes. keep you there. So, so let's do the following. You guys can see the links above and below, especially those of you who want something unique, something beautiful, something, and you have deep pockets and, and you have a certain type of requirements in terms of the services. You have the right person right here to help you out. Uh, as you as you probably could hear. Uh, Luciani, tell everybody how they can find you with the best way. Thank you so much. Um, you can go to our website. It's theluxian.com, T-H-E-L-U-X-I-A-N.com. Or you can actually call my cell phone, uh, 917-567-8767. 
You know, our mission is to create remarkable experiences and to sell the most luxurious homes all over the world. And I forgot to mention, we, are, we actually sell internationally too. I sold something recently in Cascais, Portugal, Wow. Uh, which is like the, which is like the Hamptons of Portugal, and I'm actually going to speak in Portugal um, October 20th at a conference, a real estate conference with about 600 real estate agents. So I'm excited about that. Uh, but you, anyone can uh, go to our website or call me, text me anytime. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be here and uh, and to be of service. Beautiful. Tell me something. Also, LinkedIn. Are you? Because we found each other on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn also. So you guys can see the links. Uh, and Luciani, thank you so much for being with us. Stick around for a minute. And you guys, I just want to tell you, I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. Luciani, thank you again. Thank you. No problem. And you guys, I'm going to see you in the next show. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining me in this CRE Shark Eye show. I hope you enjoyed it. And... Go subscribe, download, do whatever you guys need to do. And I'll see you in the next episode. Take care of yourselves.